Welcome to Homestead Story. We're Peter and Kristen. Join us as we share a new but old kind of family life. Hello, everyone. This is Peter and Kristen coming to you from our Maryland homestead. I'm so excited. Happy New Year, everyone. So excited to be podcasting. Yeah. This is so fun. Yeah. We did try and podcast a couple months ago. And it didn't work so well. We, did, we had an entire podcast, and then we listened to it. It was a long podcast, we li- and then we normally go back and listen to them just in case. And we were rusty because we hadn't podcasted in a few months. And it's really good if you're married, you should sit down and, I don't know, do a podcast together. because Listen to what your conversations you like. You do things that, that you don't realize that you're doing until you hear yourself, and... I just was interrupting Peter every sentence. It was horrible. I was horrified. Yeah. I felt terrible. It was like he would say something. I and felt then, justified. And so. then I would interrupt him, <laughs> and then I would go on some tangent, and it was so embarrassing. And I was like, I am so sorry. I never knew that I did that. And, and then I listened to it, and I was just so sorry. So That's true. Well, and we learned that podcasting is kind of a skill, and so... We had to, we were a little rusty. So. Yeah. And so anyway, it made me, I'm going to try really hard this podcast not to interrupt when a thought pops into my head. It was very right. embarrassing. I was like, we cannot put this podcast out. Yeah. I'm mortified. That one is lost forever. <laughs> so we'll good. see how that goes though. It's good to though to hear yourself and, and realize things that you don't realize that you do. I'm an interrupter. I'm terrible. It's awful. Right. Yeah. So we had a good new year as we were thinking it was going to be fairly quiet and our kids are still young enough that, you know, they don't need to stay up till 12 o'clock. So we were just going to go to bed early, which felt like a great idea. So we did go to bed early and it didn't. <laughs> we didn't stay in bed. So our neighbors love to do fireworks, um, which we love about them, and not just little ones, like big time fireworks. So right at twelve o'clock, all these fireworks start going off, and we're you know we're waking up in our bed, and you're like, wow, this is crazy. I'm happy for them, but I'm excited for them to stop. I'm and not then, interrupting you. Yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know, I guess the door wasn't totally shut or something, but the dogs broke in and they're inside our house just barking their heads off. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man. And then when I go to sleep, I sleep pretty deeply. So I woke up and I'm kind of like half awake and I go downstairs and I take a real quick look around, but I was, I was too tired to really investigate and I just kicked the dogs back outside again. And that was it and went back to bed. I'm not interrupting. <laughs> You're looking like you have something to say. I can, I always have something to okay, say. Okay, so the next day I'm out and about and, and doing things, and I notice there's, you know, like the, 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 our, our dairy cow and her new calf are just sitting, you know, lying down and being peaceful and everything. But I look over at the fence, and there's a huge section of it just <laughs> smashed, just like literally smashed. I found like a two-foot section of a board that was broken on both ends, like 20 feet away from the <laughs> fence on the outside. And there's hoof marks all on the outside. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So they must have gotten really spooked by the fireworks. They must have gotten to it. For it to shatter that way and for them to break through your strong wood fence, she must have been going at a running gallop into the wooden fence. I mean, that yeah. peat build strong. It was a three, what do you yeah. call it, three rung 
solid wood. Yeah, fence. she smashed straight through. She three, must have been running <laughs> five quarter by six boards. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So. She must have heard the fireworks yeah. and took off running. And then we think the dogs. I don't think they were barking about the fireworks because they came yeah. in. They were after. rightfully letting me know that something was wrong. Yeah. And I just shushed them. They were so good. They came running. Somehow they got in the house. I don't know how they got in. They got in and were just. They must have just seen the cows running down the street. They must have run down the road. Who knows where they ran? Yeah. If they took off at a running gallop through a fence, where did they go? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they came back. So hopefully I learned my lesson, which is to trust my dogs a little bit more, that they're not just being silly. But And we need New Year's and Fourth of July. We need to lock the cows up in the barn. Yeah. And I was grateful they didn't get hurt or anything because that, that could always happen. They just came back in the morning. Who knows where they went? I bet you we have neighbors who are like, huh, there's hoof parks in my, there's a huge deer in my yard. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. Deer. All right, so Kristen wants to talk oh, about Instagram. I have something exciting. So, um, so last summer, so we started podcasting and we just had a lot of, a lot of things that we're learning and doing, but now we just have so much that we want to show people um, our gardens. Yeah, I'll be this, honest. I didn't want to show people my orchard when uh, I first put it in because what it is is just a, a big, huge mm-hmm. sheet of of wood mulch. You know, deep, yeah. deep mulch everywhere, and then and then these little sticks coming up out yes. of the ground, and you know, a yeah. couple tiny little bushes you wouldn't even see until you stomped on it. So. Right. There was no point in sharing our orchard because it was like, wow, look at your little sticks coming out right. of the ground. Wow, wow, you put mulch everywhere. Good nice. for you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But oh my gosh, our gardens this past year were just incredible it just I couldn't it was more there was more produce than we could ever have imagined we still have a ton of produce like the um, squashes and everything I mean it was just crazy it was just so much food and then really fun so we've had four and a half growing seasons here yeah we'll be coming into our our fifth full season this Mm -hmm. coming year right so it's really coming together so I would just love to share pictures of just I mean the the herbs and the the flowers are incredible. The gardens are beautiful. The 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 fruit trees have actually have fruit on them, and the berry bushes have. It, it's just amazing. So, um, uh, this past summer, I just would have loved to share pictures. So, um, I was thinking a lot about. I don't. I've never done Instagram. I've done Facebook um, over the years, but I've never done Instagram. And I thought, you know, maybe Instagram would be a good way to share gardening pictures because then. People who care about gardening could find it, you know, if I do a... Because you want to share it with people who actually care. Um, and people who care about homesteading can see all these homesteading pictures. So I was kind of thinking about it, but I wasn't sure because I'm very careful. I don't want to be sucked into this world where everything I'm doing, I'm thinking about, oh, I need to take a photo of this, or I'm like, I need to check this. And I don't want it to take away from my kids. I don't want it to take away from the work that I actually have to do. I don't want it to be in my head. You know, I don't want to get addicted to checking it. So I've been thinking about it. Do I really want to do this? And I was talking to my girlfriends and they are just, I have these, my two best friends, they are just so supportive of me. And I was talking about with them, like, I want to share my pictures and I want to share this homestead with people, but I don't know. And my friend was like, you just, you just have to try it and see. And if it's not working, then you can stop. And I was like, you're right. I am a great quitter. I really am. I am great at quitting. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not, you know, that sounds bad. Like, oh, I'm a quitter, but I have to try things and I have to dive right in. And if it's not great, if it's, um, 
if it's not good for my kids, if it's not good for my soul, I will jump right out. And it's yeah. a gift. It's a real gift because I think sometimes... Well, actually, this is fun because this is a way Kristen and I balance each other because I'm the kind of person who could do something that isn't working till mm-hmm. the day I die and yeah. just stick with it forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kristen helps me quit. Yeah, I'm and like, sometimes I help her push through. I'm so. like, it, yeah, I mean, there's you need both. You need people that are going to like push through. That's so true. I'm not putting that down, but... It's also okay to try something, and then if it's if it's not working, it's okay to say I tried it and it's not working, and right. then to stop. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try Instagram. I'm really excited. So this morning I went down and took. I want to kind of like introduce my animals. So I went down to take pictures of the animals this morning. Which taking pictures of children is really really hard. Taking pictures of animals is ridiculous. You're just like stop, stay. Get back here. No. <laughs> Try to take a picture of a chicken. <laughs> no, get in this picture. Come back, chicken. No. Kitty. Run. The cats, like, run away. The dogs yeah. had a big... They just... I'm not just, cooperating. I was trying to get a picture of one of the dogs, and then she just started wrestling the other dog and it was just hard but I'm gonna try it and if it's bad you know you judge a tree by its fruit and sometimes you have to plant the tree and see what kind of fruit it bears so if it's bearing good fruit in my life and it's a good outlet to share yeah and to you know inspire other people to to garden you know then great but if it's starting to be bad for my yeah. my soul then I'll be gone but so, um yeah fair warning if you're listening to this six months from now and there's no homestead story instagram <laughs> page it's because instagram and Kristen and peter did not work well it wasn't, together it wasn't good but um the other thing i want to say really quickly and then i'll be done talking about instagram is i i just got on i just posted a picture um just went for it, but I don't really understand the culture of Instagram. It's a whole other culture. It's like you've got you're used to Facebook, and then Instagram. There's a different way of like doing things and different way of writing, and right. well, I well, don't yes. understand it yet. So if yesterday, my- Kristen was like, "How do you do a hashtag?" <laughs> so, so yeah, figuring it out. Yes, I'm kind of an old lady when it comes to technology, but I like that about myself. I think that's I don't want to be too technology, whatever technological, because I want to be just doing stuff. But, um, so I hope I always keep a little bit of my old ladyness. but if I post something and it's really dorky and not Instagram cool, just bear with me. I have to learn, I have to learn by doing stuff. So I'll do it. And then I'll look back and be like, Oh, that was so not, that was so dorky Instagram. (laughs) I didn't know that I didn't use the right filter. Um, but just, yeah. So if you want, you know what, I I don't even know what my, my homestead here, Peter, I need to look it up. I know, but it's like, there's like an underscore, it's like homestead underscore, underscore, is that what you call it? Yeah, it's an underscore. <laughs> so. All right, I'm going to look it up. I don't even know what. what yeah, I don't know. We, we okay. probably haven't mentioned this. Or go ahead. I got it. It's homestead underscore, is that what you, that's yeah, what you just said? story. Story. And I have one post. But you can just search for homestead story. And I'm going to post, I took pictures of the animals. This is my other question. I want to introduce the animals and I don't know how to do that. Do I, if I do it one at a time, is that too many posts? Do I do them all yeah, together? We'll, we'll in figure one it big? out. We'll figure it out. So much, but if we'll but just bear out. with me if I'm if I'm not cool at Instagram. I don't. Yeah. I don't. We don't actually I'll care figure about it that. Out. <laughs> You'll get to see a few things about our life either way. <laughs> all right, that's enough for me. I'll, I'm not you talking. I'm just going right. to sit here. Last thing, uh, we do we do get people who email us from time to time, and that's really nice to hear from people. Um, and I think we mentioned at some point our email is homesteadstory at gmail dot com. Uh, no underscore in there. Just homesteadstory at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from people. We It is very encouraging sometimes when we hear from people. So Oh, one last thing. Sometimes, sometimes homesteading, it, when we first started doing it, it was like all this magical all and wonder thing to me. Now it's becoming 
just real life. And I'm, I'm almost like, huh, yeah, everybody does it. It's just normal. This is just what's cool about this, you know? Um, and sometimes I forget that other people are really, um, interested and they want to know how to do a certain thing. So if there's anything that you would like to see a picture of or something you'd like to, um, see more of, uh, let me know and I'll try to get a picture of it. Right. Right. All right. So one of the things we wanted to talk about today, because we have a brand new calf and that's been really wonderful for us is this idea when we've, we've done so much research podcasts and, and uh, videos and documentaries and books and all this kind of stuff. And every single time somebody's conveying what they know and they're telling you what you should do, it's always within their context and context is huge. And one of the things we've learned is that there's actually very few people out there just doing this family uh, cow, this family cattle thing where we have a dairy cow and we want to be raising a certain amount of beef. And so we're learning how to do things on, on a, a homestead on a family level as opposed to trying to maximize our our returns and we're not trying to maximize everything and build it as fast and as far as it can go we're trying to actually just let it be a single piece of our homestead and actually one of the things we really want is when it comes to the cattle is have them be as peaceful as possible and so that it's something that just integrates fully into our property and so we've been learning some things about that and so we want to talk about it I had this really interesting uh, moment uh, I guess it was in September, and we were probably 10 days away from when we thought our dairy cow was going to give birth. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, we've got plenty of time. I don't need to be checking on this constantly. But I was I was on the property doing something, and I hear our steer just mooing over and over again. And that doesn't happen. He was on the far end of the property just mooing. And so anyway, I was like, I need to go check out what's happening. I walk back there, and he's just standing there in the pasture just mooing over and over again. And I don't see Carmela, our dairy cow, anywhere. She's nowhere to be found. I'm like, oh no, what happened to her? And so I'm walking through, it's a section of woods that's within the pasture. And I basically almost stomp on a brand new calf. And she's just lying there dry first off. So they don't come come out dry, Mm. which means she had been there at least long enough to dry. And she was super cute. And so I pet her for you know, a few minutes just because it was, she was just, she was totally peaceful. But then I'm getting nervous. Where's Carmela? And I noticed a section of the fence was knocked down. The top rung was knocked down and I go over. Let me just say this podcast isn't, isn't making your fence look very good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? When a cow wants to get through something, they get through something. This doesn't ever happen. Okay. We're talking about the two times in one podcast that she just busted yeah. out of the fence. I, yeah. <laughs> Some large percentage of having animals is fencing, just like the deal. So anyway, I look on the other side of the fence and there's hoof prints. And this is going down a big hill into a deep section of woods. I'm like, oh my gosh, she got out. Mm-hmm. And so what clearly had happened, because I'd found the afterbirth within the pasture, is she had given birth within the pasture. And then the calf doesn't care about fences because she's just this, you know, 90 pound small little animal so she must have walked straight through the fence Mm -hmm. and then Carmela's not going to be away from her calf so she Mm -hmm. knocked over the fence to get to her Mm -hmm. but then had gone down this hill and couldn't get back I found her at the bottom of the hill and she was like frothing at the mouth and looked really out of it her eyes weren't didn't look like they were able to focus on much and she would not get up like I'm, I'm trying so hard to get her to just stand up and she wouldn't do it so I'm like 
oh my goodness, I'm, this is very stressful. I've got a brand new baby calf and a 1,200-pound animal at the bottom of a hill in oh the gosh. woods who looks like, you know, once a cow starts going downhill, things can go rapidly. And if, so. if the mother had died, the baby would die too. I mean, unless we had, I don't know. I, don't, I guess a vet well, could have Yeah, we would have to then feeder, bottle feed it, but we'd have to get... That would yeah, have been hard. We would have to find colostrum from somewhere. And, yeah, I mean, that, it would have it would have. Been <laughs> it was bad. enough that I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Figured the only thing I know I can do right now is get her water. So I brought down um, a three-gallon bucket of water, and she just she drank the entire thing. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, at least she's doing that. And I got another one, and she drank that. I got another one, and she drank that. But she, really quickly, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. You, that... You had to carry that. (laughs) You were carrying three, where the water spigot was and where she was. Yeah, it was a bit of a hike. You were hiking really far. I mean, you're making it sound like you just got water and gave it to her. You were hiking down the pasture into this, like, horrible thicket of woods. Yeah. It was really hard for you to do that. So she drank, like, 10 gallons of water and stood up. Thankfully, she stood up, and then I kind of, I had to, <laughs> I was like knocking away vines and uh-huh. branches that had fallen because she was like dragging her feet. She wouldn't even really pick them up properly. Uh-huh. And so I knew if she had run into something, she'd just trip. So I knocked all this stuff out of the way and kind of just got her back up the hill. And then she, uh, I knocked over the rest of the fence so she could just walk through it. And then, uh, and she walked back in, and the calf just walked up to her and started nursing. I was like, oh my. Oh my gosh! All right, so I called the vet and everything, but she she recovered pretty rapidly, and uh, and we have a brand new dairy calf, which oh, is super autumn. exciting. I'm so excited. The other funny thing that happened in this moment is I told my son I had oh, one yeah. one of my sons with me. And he's our little five year old, and I was like, Nathan, go get mommy. Tell her the calf has been born. Just tell her that. Tell her the calf is born. Yeah. So you might be wondering, well, Pete's like doing all this traumatic cow stuff, <clears throat> lugging buckets of water and cutting down vines and and stressing out. What's By Kristen doing? <laughs> I tried calling her and she wouldn't pick so, up. <clears throat> yes, I, <clears throat> I like to be attentive to the people that I'm with. So I... My son is, one of my sons is dyslexic, and I have a tutor that comes. So we were sitting at the dining room table doing our tutoring. I didn't have my phone with me, and we were doing our our work. And then um, Nathan, the five-year-old, comes up, and I think what happened was, I think he was shy to talk to me in front of the tutor or something, maybe. He got a little shy. And so he comes up and he whispers, the baby calf is born. But it was so early and he'd been kind of like, sometimes he would just like fib or joke or whatever. So I was like, are you telling the truth? And then he just kind of gave me a funny look because I think he was embarrassed. So he wasn't, he made us, we were all like, oh, he's just kind of being silly. Ha ha. And he didn't like fight it. And the, and the tutor was like, yeah, he's not acting very excited about a baby calf. So I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then I, I actually said to myself, I'm not going to get myself excited that baby calf is born because it's probably not. And I didn't think anything else of it. <laughs> so I just yeah. stayed there with the tutor. I mean, yes, looking back, I should have gone and checked. Yes, that would have been wise, but yeah. I, I didn't. I just thought he was being silly because I think he was just... I think something exciting happened, and he got a little embarrassed, and he... I don't know. I have no idea. So he successfully delivered the message, and then I got a, got accused of lying. Yeah, I was like, you're, t- you're not allowed to tell a lie. All right, go away. There were many apologies that followed <laughs> I this. felt so, so yeah. bad. Um, and 
Yes. Oh, then we have to tell about the little, the boy or the girl thing. Right. So if, if you've never seen a baby calf before up close, it's actually remarkably hard to tell if they're a boy or a girl, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't expect from an animal that big, but it is, it's very hard to tell. And I thought it was a bull calf, right? Because it, it has born. a, the umbilical cord is, um, looks, they just look the same. So Right. And there's a tuft of, tuft of skin that hangs down regardless. So Peter came up, so I finally came outside and Peter was like, it's a little bull calf. And you have to understand I had been um, just really, I had my hopes set that this was going to be a, a little girl cow. Right. One of our goals here is to raise a dairy cow from birth yes. so that all she knows is our property and she can be fully domesticated and know yes. the kids right from the start. So that's been our goal. And so we were we were definitely hoping for that. Yes. So we've told this story. We've I know we've said this a lot in the past, but the dairy cow that we have now, she's just... She was raised on a different farm with 18 other cows. She's very, she's just very, what, what's the word? She's just mean. She has her moments. <laughs> she's mean. I am legitimately scared of her. Yeah. I've had several, what I call, near-death experiences with her. That might be a little of an exaggeration. I'm terrified of her. I really am. Like, I, when she first came, I was not scared. I was just, like, getting in the stall with her. And now, because I've had a few, like, scary moments, now I'm just very afraid of her. So what, what we've wanted is a dairy cow. She's not lead trained. She's not broken. She's just very, very wild. So there have been times where, like, she's gotten out, and then I'm home alone, and she's, like, running around the yard and running around the gardens, and I'm like... I'm not. I'm not going near her. Yeah. But if we had a cow that was lead trained, you could put a lead on them and bring them back. So I don't know. Pete's just amazing. I don't know how you are, you're not like a cowboy yet. You can handle these like scary animals. I'm like a quarter of a cowboy. You're pretty amazing. So <laughs> our we I've want got three years experience now. Yeah. So we've been watching YouTube videos on how to break a cow, which means just getting them to be. Um, able to stand still, get get used to a lead. Um, right. Another so, way of saying it is just getting it very domesticated. Yes, yes. So we thought it was a bull calf at first. Mm-hmm. And, and I was then, so disappointed. Yeah. I was so, I was like, oh, oh, darn it. Right. I was just hoping for nine months or ten months or however long it was yeah. that it would be a girl, and it we were, wasn't. Yeah, so we got disappointed, and then we're watching this little calf, and she pees out of a place that would not be a male. Yes. And we're like... <laughs> It's a female. You're like, what? <laughs> what? And then we like Googled it and it was like how to tell the difference. And it, it's hard to tell the difference. Yeah. But I cried. I was just like, it's a girl. Oh my gosh. I can't <laughs> believe it. We named her Autumn because she was born, you know, yeah. in, in Autumn. And she is so pretty. Yeah. Kristen has a picture of her on I'll put Autumn. It. She's three quarters brown Swiss uh, and then a quarter milking short horn and a, a quarter um, jersey. Mm-hmm. So. She's yeah, so she's so sweet. So tell them how, how what we're doing with her. Right. So the first thing is that we want to domesticate this calf. And so we started not knowing anything about that. And it, it might sound a little intimidating, but it's actually not. So early on, we were just petting her out, you know, in the pasture. And she, she was sweet. And she let us walk up to her, which our other calf that we had had was nothing like that. Right from the start, he was so terrified of any of us and wouldn't even mm-hmm. let us come near. So we were we were definitely excited about that. But then I decided, okay, we're going to lead train her. Um, so I put a halter on her, and then I went down. I was bringing up Carmela to milk her in the morning, and this was at the far end of, of the property. And so I put a lead on this calf because I was like, well, let me just start doing this. Why not? And I started trying to get her to come, and she would not. 
And so <laughs> I'm like tugging this tug of war the entire way up the pasture, which a calf is ridiculously strong. And I was going uphill. And by the time I got to the top, I was like exhausted. And then she started just like she was done with it and she just like fell over. <sighs> And so then I have to pick her up, not pick her up, but get her to stand up and get her to go further. And then she fell over a couple more times. And I was like, this, there's no way this is the right way to do this. <laughs> it was really, really dumb. I should have tried to learn a little bit more before I just went for it. But anyway, it's actually way simpler than that. And what we do is we bring Carmela into the milking stall in the morning. And I just uh, tie... Autumn, she has a halter on, and we put a little lead there that's tied to the wall, and I just tie her to that in the mm-hmm. morning, clip it on her, and she stays there, and that's it. You know, for the first several months, that's all you need to do, and it's very peaceful. And it's what it what it's done is it's allowed this opportunity for for me and Kristen, and then the kids would bring one of them down in the morning, sometimes at a time, one at a time, and we'll just spend time petting her and talking to her and mm-hmm. combing her and. You know, trying to give her little things to munch on and just getting her really used to us. Yeah, it's neat because Peter is like the only one who can milk Carmela. Um, But we all get to go down there and just, I just, we just cuddle with the calf and just let her learn how to just be around lots of people. And, and then for us to not be afraid of her because we're growing up with her, it's just, it's so exciting uh, for me, I just I really want a dairy cow that I feel like I can manage. It's hard to have this cow on your property when that you feel like you can't manage. So I'm excited to have a cow that I can not be afraid of. Absolutely. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about it in future podcasts the the rest of the story. But right now it's just a very simple tie her up to the wall and and what that does is it lets her start to get very used to the lead. Yeah. Like, and that is not something to be scared of, but it's also not something that's going to do what she wants. When when she pulls on it, it doesn't go anywhere. And so every time she tries to pull on it, yank herself away from the wall, it's like a reminder that the lead <laughs> doesn't follow what you want it to do. You follow the lead. Right. So we'll talk about the, um, gosh, we're already at 25 minutes. It's yeah. You, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, um, talk about the whole milk thing. We did tell that about. Yeah. So that. that's, that's the big thing we're talking about how we want to do things differently. And so for, for two years, I, I milked our cow and we were bringing in two gallons of milk a day. And I was down there at the, you know, within 10 minutes of, of the same time every single morning. And I did that for two years, you know, through the summer, through the winter, everything. And, and we ended up with an enormous amount of milk. Yeah. So I got to a place where I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I think I talked about that in the podcast. So yes, Pete was bringing in about two gallons of milk a day. And we were, we were milking once a day. We talked about that before too in our intro to the family dairy cow. So I can't imagine actually having to do that twice a day. Right. And it was just becoming so stressful for me because I had to figure out, I didn't, I didn't want to waste the milk. So I had to figure out ways to use it. So I was, um, you know, I had all this milk coming in and I, it couldn't fill up the fridge. I mean, so I had to make cheese and yogurt and butter. And then it just was like, so stressful. It was just a mess all the time because it was like, you know, you're always using these pots and whatever to make all your stuff. And, um, it just, I just got to a place where I was like, this is just overwhelming. All this milk is overwhelming. And then Carmela dried up. We let her dry up so we could go on vacation and all that. And then I was, I told Pete, I just love having you sleeping in. I love, 
I love not having to do all the milk dishes. Right. I love this break. And then I kind of started to feel like, hey, I love the beef cows. We got freezers full of meat. I love the beef cows. Maybe we should just raise beef cows and give up on the dairy. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Right. Well, yeah. And if you have young children, like toddlers through through young ages, then you understand that probably one of the hardest things about having kids is dishes. It's just so many dishes and there's no one to help because they're not really doing dishes yet. So, and, and, and especially if you're trying to make a lot of real food. So mm-hmm. we had all of these incredible amount of dishes and that's very difficult about having kids. And then on top of that, there's this, this never ending supply of milk gear and yogurt gear and cheese gear and oh. butter gear. And it, so it was kind Just of like take it. almost doubling the amount of dishes. So it was, it was yeah. a lot, a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to give up. And I was convinced that I don't know what this necessarily looks like, but but when a when a beef cow has a baby, no one ever milks it. It's just the baby takes takes the milk and that's it. And I was like, there's got to be some kind of happy medium between a dairy cow and a beef cow. Mm-hmm. That, so beef cow requires nothing and a dairy cow requires this incredible amount of work mm-hmm. and it's producing way more than we want. So I was like, we're going to have to feel this out because I'm not sure what it looks like, but we're going to have to go somewhere in the middle. And so Carmela gave birth and she was bred to be a dairy cow. So she produces an incredible amount of milk, way more than the calf would take. So I was letting the calf be with her 24-7 and Carmela was still producing initially, you know, two gallons extra. And I wasn't even coming close to taking it all. But I, so, so I knew right from the start I was going to have to taper her milk supply down as fast as I could. And I wasn't going to rush it. Um, but over the next couple months... I would slowly just taper her milk supply down, which meant I would take enough to to relieve the pressure off of her and take enough that I wasn't going to be concerned of her getting mastitis, but then I was going to leave some. And her body responded and slowly produced less milk. And like I say, over the course of about two months, I I went from taking two gallons to a gallon and a half down to a gallon a day. Mm -hmm. And our goal was, was that in December we were going to go to New Jersey for a wedding and we were going to be away for a night and I was going to be able to leave her without having to milk her. So Mm -hmm. sure enough, by the time we got to December, I was down to taking a half gallon a day and the calf had grown and was, was wanting to take more milk. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of met in the middle there and sure enough, we got to go to New Jersey for a night for a wedding and um, I came back and, and Carmela was totally fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm milking her in the morning now, and I am doing it every day, but we're taking about a half gallon a day. And because it's only a half gallon, it goes a lot faster. And mm-hmm. we're getting enough milk that it's what we want to drink as a family. Mm-hmm. Her body doesn't need anywhere near the same amount of calories because she's not producing uh, what she wants. And then the other really nice benefit is I'm not separating her from the calf at all. Mm-hmm. We had been separating her at night, so then I would get half the milk, and then I would let the calf be with her throughout the day. And that was just really annoying to have to bring her into the barn every night. But that's just what we thats what we learned. That's what you do. You separate the cow and the calf, and then you right. get the milk. But we don't need that much milk, so now we just leave them together. Right. Yeah. And if I get to her before the calf gets to her, then I get more milk. And if the calf has been drinking a lot that morning because I decided to sleep in, then we'll get... A lot less, but <laughs> it's been one. It's been wonderful. It's been right. wonderful to have 
um, about a half gallon a day. I make yogurt when I have a little bit extra, but our kids are drink, our family's drinking about that. Right. So I don't have insane amount of milk. And if I milk fridge. her at six in the morning, great. If I milk her at eight in the morning because yeah. I just wanted to sleep in on a weekend, great. It doesn't matter. I feel like we figured out this homesteading secret that I, because when you when you read about homesteading and you read about a dairy cow, most of the things that you're going to read are people who are, um, you know, selling milk and. That is a whole different situation because if you sleep in, then you might not, the milk supply will go down and you have to make money. So you can't let the milk supply go down because you have people depending on you for milk. But we don't, we're not selling our milk. It's just for our family. And it's just been, um, this has been perfect for us. And I'm just so thankful, Pete, because you were like, let me experiment with this. I don't know. Um, And it's been wonderful. And what I think we can do is have um, seasons like this and then. You know, you give the cow a break for a little bit of time, and then you get a break, mm-hmm. and then you have another calf, and then, and this has just been yeah. wonderful. It's been, I, I'm just so happy with what we've figured out. I yeah. feel like. Well, and the other neat perfectly. thing is, if we want more, that's an option too. Mm-hmm. I can still separate them at night, and the calf is going to be away from her for a while, and I can bring her in the morning, and she'll be full. And if we really still want two gallons, we can get it. Yeah, if I go on a kick where I'm like, let's make cheese, then we can totally do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to be. It's just, I'm just so happy. I'm so, I feel like we dove into homesteading, not knowing what we were doing, just trying to figure it out. And we're really, we've made a lot of tweaks along the way and figured out what works for us, what doesn't work for us. And I just, we, I love it. I love this life that we're living. Yeah. It's just been wonderful. Yeah. And that, that is one of the goals with all the things on the homestead is that they enter into a more peaceful space. And if things are really hard and not working right, then that just means <laughs> we need to do them differently mm-hmm. and, and kind of open up the, not be stuck in whatever box that, you know, because of the people I read and this is how they do it. Well, we might do it differently. Right. And I had, you know, I had read, read the books and I said, you have to milk it the same day every day the or same time. the same time every, every day or the milk supply is just going to totally drop off. And you're like, okay, I get it. You know, if you're, if you're trying to be a dairy producer, that is true for you. And if you really want to maximize your milk production, great. But the calf drinks at totally different times all throughout the day mm-hmm. and the milk doesn't go away. As long mm-hmm. as the milk is, is being taken by something, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So, um, if you are thinking maybe you want to get a dairy cow someday, there is, you know, there is a way to do it that isn't, you know, when we told people we were getting a dairy cow, they were like, oh, you, you're never going to take a vacation and you got to wake up at 4 a.m. every day. And it's like, okay, because you heard of one right. operation that did it that way. Yeah. I mean, that's just not how it works. So yeah. it's very, very exciting. Yeah. So we also went full circle of life and our steer was, was fully grown. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh. We sent him to the butcher. That was exciting again. He didn't want to go. It's oh, awful. Uh, so I, that was a little nerve-wracking. But our, set of, our system was a little better than last time. And then uh, there's this thing that happens, which we've now had it happen twice to us, and it's amazing, which is he was, he was over 900 pounds hanging weight, and so we came home with somewhere in around five to 600 pounds of meat. Grass-fed. Grass-fed beef. We gave him very little grain at all. It was just a little bit of grain every once in a while to get him to do whatever we wanted. But he had he was basically 100% grass-fed, and that, you know, that's incredible. And he was so beautiful. I mean, yeah. he was just such a beautiful, beautiful cow, and he just lived 
this happy life out on the pasture. Yeah. He was so skittish that we didn't do anything to train him because we didn't want to, I didn't want to go down and cuddle with him every day because you know from the beginning that he's your meat cow. Right. Um, so he was always so skittish, but he was this huge, it was like he didn't know that he was a huge, huge cow. Right, um, right. So a little nugget regarding the grass-fed meat. I was reading about how when, when they break up saturated fat, they there's omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. And a lot of times those are very imbalanced. And so the ratio is completely off. And when they have grass-fed beef and and other things like game that you might, you know, hunt in the woods, the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids are in perfect balance. But when they when they compare that to grain-fed animals, there's as much as 20 or 30 percent different or 20 or 30 times different uh, what they would be from a grass-fed animal, um, not in the right balance. And so, so we end up with hundreds and hundreds of pounds of meat that would, if you bought this in the store, you know, at, at retail prices, it would be incredibly expensive. And we were able to do it uh, for much, much cheaper than that and, and, and now supply this to, our, to the family. And there's so much satisfaction in that. Like there's satisfaction in getting a cucumber. But imagine instead of a cucumber, it's hundreds of pounds of meat all at once and enough to supply us for a whole year or more. Uh, so that's a really exciting, encouraging, and something that we didn't even realize. I didn't realize it would feel that way until it happened, and now we've gotten to do it twice. Yes, that is so much fun when you have these boxes and boxes and boxes of meat coming into your house. It's just great. Um, and we didn't. It's not even like you do that much work for it. You just kind of let this cow have a happy life on your. Well, I yeah. Don't, well, for the beef cow, it's it's a lot to get it set up. Uh-huh. I mean, getting everything set up. So if you got your fencing and your uh-huh. electric and your water and all of that, yeah. I mean, that's that's not cheap for sure. But then once all that's set up, you're right. I it's mean, not, you got to maintain the fence and you check in on them once a day. And and we do our rotational grazing. We talked about that, but it's not really that much work at all. So cool. So I think that is it for today. Yeah. Hopefully I did a, an okay job not interrupting. I might go back and listen and be like, oh. I'm no, I think you did a yay, terrific job. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel so uninterrupted. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, um, thank you for listening. I don't even know if people are still subscribing to us. Cause yeah, no, there's still plenty of listeners. Yay. Um, well, thank you. And then if you want to see um, homesteading pictures, uh, um, then find us on Instagram. And thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. All right, bye.